This is Property Today on the Agenda. With Morass and Dubai Properties. For the most extensive real estate portfolio in Dubai, choose Morass and Dubai Properties. Hello there and thank you for downloading the Property Today podcast from the 29th of August. As ever, I was joined for our hours programme by Mohanad Alwadia, the wolf of real estate, and he took all the audience questions he could answer. Plus, he also talked through all the factors that need to be taken into consideration before buying a property. Meanwhile, we also talked through all the latest property headlines, including news that some of the country's biggest developers are looking to restart previously mothballed projects. We talked mega projects as well, with Dr. Harpreet Seth. Now, she is Head of Architecture at Heriot Watt University and she gave us her views on the Dubai Islands and also the Vision 2040 blueprint for the Emirate. You're listening to Property Today on the Agenda with Morass and Dubai Properties. For the most extensive real estate portfolio in Dubai, choose Morass and Dubai Properties. We are putting a special focus on the UAE real estate market on the programme today, like we do every Monday from 11am. And I'm joined by a very special guest, one of the UAE's uh, best known real estate expert. It is Mahanad Alwadir, uh, also known as the wolf of real estate. Mahanad, how are you? I'm very good. How are you doing? Very well. Did you have a good weekend? Uh, yes. Um, and uh, I know a lot of people are back. Schools are starting. Yeah. So parents are so super happy. We are. I've already been playing this. <laughs> a little bit today <laughs> because that right now is how lots of the parents around the UAE are feeling I have to turn it down. <laughs> there we go. I can't turn it down. There we go. I, I think I think uh, it's very good news. I wish all uh, <laughs> all students a very um, a good year. Yeah. And parents, uh, welcome back. And uh, the city is super uh, excited to have yeah. everybody back. Uh, summer was exciting. Um, I know you have a lot of good news, uh, exciting news about real estate as well. I fact. do. Well, I mean, what's amazing <laughs> is the city really does feel like it's buzzing. And I was talking to Zena this morning, uh, producer Zena, and I was a bit like, do you know the numbers that we haven't got yet, which I'm really keen to ask the KHD about uh, is how many students actually went to school this term because Ah. uh, back in April or May they talked about how 300,000 new students had joined in the last six months you know since the beginning of the academic year and I bet you there's another few hundred thousand who've joined this term. I agree Uh, Dubai keeps attracting uh, people from from all over the globe Uh, it's becoming home for so many people from more than 200 nationalities. Yeah. Uh, God bless Dubai. It's a beautiful city. <laughs> no, it's good. We are, well, we are both team Dubai. Uh, <laughs> there's no doubt about that. Our enthusiasm for the city. And also, how about the weather at the moment? Yeah, it's getting better and yeah, better. <laughs> it's not that hot. Uh, honestly, I'm, I've got, I haven't done it myself yet, but I've heard rumours of people going for walks along the beach early in the morning and, it, and not actually, you know, exploding their minds with heat. So that is True. a very good thing. True. Um, there have been a lot of property headlines, as you're, you're quite right, hitting hitting the story, the, the tops of the newspapers and the tops of the bulletins for the past few days. Big numbers uh, across all the news. So let's go through it. Very yeah, exciting yeah. stuff. Big, big numbers. Okay, so there were two stories. Oddly enough, I was on the business breakfast last week for one day. And so I got to do quite a lot of numbers crunching, which ah. is not normally what I get I get to do. You know, I'm not, it's not necessarily my strong point, but I had Richard Dean to support me. Um, but yeah, there was two... Very 
very interesting, similar stories out, one out of the FT and then one released by uh, the Dubai Media Office uh, about Nikhil, of course, the developer behind the Palm Jumeirah. Um, they unveiled a master plan for the Dubai Islands. Um, and the suggestion there is that it had been mothballed for a while. It was known as Deira Islands. Now it's known as Dubai Islands. Uh, it's aligned, of course, with the Dubai 2040 Urban Master Plan, um, which we've talked about a lot here on this programme. I know, Mohanad, you know a great deal about it. Yeah. But there are rumours, now, there are unsubstantiated, well, not unsubstantiated, because they were in the Financial Times, and written by a very respected journalist, Simeon, suggesting that other mothballed projects may also be up for... I suppose, being reignited. I use the expression dry cleaned uh, on the business <laughs> breakfast. Uh, and that includes the pearl at the base of the Palm Jumeirah and also potentially even the Palm Jebel Alley. Now, of course, those two are also uh, Nikhil projects. Uh, but I imagine all of the big developers, including uh, Dubai Properties and Maras, uh, are also looking at their sort of previously... Uh, sort of mooted projects, maybe they're thinking that this is the moment to bring those on stream. Do you have yeah. any insights um, on that? Uh, no, look, for, when it comes to Miras and Dubai Properties, they've been super active. Uh, yeah. I don't think there is any other uh, master developer that has been as active as these two. Uh, the uh, the news about uh, the the um, uh, the new island that uh, Nakhil is bringing back uh, in Deira is very exciting because, yes, this project has been put on hold for a long time. Uh, but it's not a surprise. The, every, the demand is increasing. Uh, Dubai has uh, gained even uh, uh, more momentum. It cemented its position as a, a great place to live and invest and work. Uh, in. And uh, there is has always been an interest for waterfront properties. So bringing back this project is very good news. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was saying on the business breakfast. Uh, the more waterfront property there is, the more the chances that I can afford it. So <laughs> the more, the <laughs> <Yeah>. better, <laughs> frankly. Let's see Let's see when you bring up the new, uh, the, the, the next two stories. How? Yeah, well, that, that is the other problem. So the next story in, in chime with this is that Dubai's real estate market recorded a total of 7,092 sales transactions in July. That is the highest in nearly a decade. Um, the previous peak was back in 2013 and that was only 5,024 transactions. Were you here in 2013, Mohanad? Yes, I've been in the industry since uh, the beginning, since 2000, uh, even before Freehold was uh, announced in Dubai. Really? So I've been working in real estate since 1998. My goodness, we need to talk about what face cream you use. You look way too young for that. God bless you. But, but look, uh, I think, um, again, this year is uh, setting a very positive momentum. Uh, the first quarter was a record quarter. Second quarter uh, of uh, 2022 was a record uh, as well quarter. June uh, was a fantastic month, record month in 13 years. And now July is again a record month Amazing. for the last decade. Um, so I don't know <laughs> what else to say. This is yeah. a great year. And uh, if we, if a lot of people are asking what's going to happen next, is going to keep going or there is an expected slowdown? I think the momentum will keep going. If you read about the IMF reports, about the central bank predictions, a lot of uh, reputable organizations that produce very uh, high quality reports, economical reports, they are all very positive about Dubai's uh, GDP mm -hmm. growth. 
and its real estate sector. So I think we're going to be seeing uh, a couple of very interesting years coming forward. Yeah, certainly <laughs> no one in real estate got a summer holiday this year, that's for sure. If, if that many transactions yeah. were going through in July... Yeah, me included. You didn't get a holiday <laughs> No. <laughs> uh, I mean, worth mentioning that rentals also grew strongly uh, with nearly 43,000 registered leases, of which over half were new contracts. The other half obviously renewed uh, with an overall increase of about 5% over the year ago period. Yeah. So you can see it's not just people buying, there really is a lot of people moving in to the country. Uh, So again, that's why I want the KHGI, that's why I want your numbers. (laughs) I want to know how many new children there are. Um, Right, okay, the other big story, I mean, we like a big number story here on the agenda. Like a really, and and we've heard uh, the largest penthouse at the Atlantis, the Royal Residences. That's the one at the top of the Palm Jumeirah. Massive building, isn't it? Correct, very interesting looking building just next to the Atlantis Resort. Uh, Very iconic uh, design. Uh, And yes, the story is very big. The, The most most expensive penthouse is uh, sold for 163 million dirhams. That is uh, outrageous. Yeah. I mean, what do you get for your for your you, 163 you, million dirhams? You, you get a five bedroom triplex penthouse uh, across 25,000 square feet. Uh, you have your own sky garden, two private pools two. and terraces, uh, private lift, uh, floor to ceiling, obviously windows, uh, 360 views of the entire city and the palm and the ocean. Um, so it's 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 a beautiful beautiful piece of real estate, and uh, uh, this is again going back to uh, Dubai is attracting uh, everybody. You know yeah. the richest and the very uh, richest people in the world. And, I mean, and people who are just moving into work, uh, who are tenants, as, as just uh, mentioned earlier in the previous story. Uh, the influx of people coming in to work, rent properties, buy properties, or even invest in massive luxurious properties is a big sign that Dubai is really attracting the whole world. How do you work out the rent of a place like that? Like if, if you were just buying it as an investment, is it, what's the standard? Is it about 5% or 7% no, or? No, let's, let's make something very clear. Yeah. This property is not an investment property. This is, uh, or a rent uh, income generating property. This is a property that somebody buys to enjoy. Okay. Uh, the rent yield will be super low. Not, uh, oh, would it in comparison? Yeah, to because the cost? it's so expensive. Yeah. So, so I don't think anybody buying such a luxurious property would think of renting it. Uh, and expect a very high rental yield. But uh, historically, such properties do get flipped at uh, a higher price over the long term. So uh, this could be a capital appreciation you know, asset. But in general, when looking for uh, high yield, rental yield, uh, investors should look for relatively smaller, more in demand, you know, properties that people can afford to rent regularly. Oh, you see, that's such good news because I was thinking of putting down several hundred million dirhams in the hope of getting a rental yield. <laughs> that sorts me out. You're listening to Property Today on the Agenda. With Morass and Dubai Properties. For the most extensive real estate portfolio in Dubai, choose Morass and Dubai Properties. Hello there. Yes, welcome back to Property Today. It is our special property program that we do every week at 11am on the Agenda. Uh, keeping me company and offering his invaluable expertise is, of course, Mohanad Awadia, the Wolf of Real Estate. Hello, Mohanad. How are you? Hello, Georgia. Uh, happy, <sighs> uh, happy to start, uh, you know, uh, with such a good energy so 
Let's, yes. Let's get to happy it. Happy Monday. <laughs> happy back to school week. We're all very, we're all feeling it right here. And Dubai is definitely having a moment right now. The population is growing exponentially. Demand for property is going up, and prices uh, in premium locations certainly are sky high. So it's no surprise that some of the country's biggest developers, just like Morass and Dubai Properties, are looking to restart previously mothballed projects. Now there's lots of rumours around the Pearl, that's at the base of the Palm Jumeirah, also around the Palm Jebel Ali, but so far no one has actually gone on the record with those locations. However, we do know that the Dubai Islands project will be going ahead and that the Vision 2040 blueprint suggests that we can expect many more mega projects. Joining me to discuss those now is Dr. Harpreet Seth. She is Head of Architecture at Heriot Watt University, Dubai. Hello there, Dr. Seth. How are you? Hi, good morning. Very nice to be joining you. I'm very well. Thank you so much. Pleasure to have another property expert with us. I've got Mohanad Alwadir, the Wolf of Real Estate, as well. Um, now, several projects here in Dubai that were previously mothballed look like they're likely to be restarted. Are there any projects around town that you would personally like to see developed? Are there any sort of gaps in the landscape that you'd like to see filled? Yep. Yeah. Uh, so... To answer that question, I think what is very important for us to address is that the pandemic absolutely had a profound impact on our lives and all different aspects of our lives. And the focus completely shifted to health and safety of people. So though some of the projects in Dubai did get delayed, I think I can very proudly say as a resident of Dubai for the past 30 years that both Dubai and its people being so resilient, Dubai was able to launch some of the most impressive uh, mega projects. And I think one of my most favorite projects has been the Al Wasl Dome at Expo 2020 and now looking forward to the District 2020 and also the much-awaited Museum of Future and the Mohammed bin Rashid Library, to just name a few. Now, as far as uh, projects around the town, which I would really personally like to see developed, I think top on the list would be the Guggenheim Museum in Abu Dhabi. Uh, followed by the projects and initiatives in Hatta to attract investment, business and tourism, and also the Dibba Fujera Sports Club and Natural History Museum in Abu Dhabi. And the reason primarily for these is that these would essentially address the cultural, economic and social health of societies and communities, because they eventually then impact the overall well-being of people, which are very diverse, in Dubai, and also the opportunities that are offered to them. Thank you. Oh, it's fantastic to hear, actually. And it's a good reminder for us, isn't it, Mahanid, that, of course, we've had a mega project in Expo that's just been completed during the pandemic and shown its success as both a neighbourhood and a World Fair destination. Of course. And I think uh, it was also fascinating that even before the Expo started, there was a legacy plan to convert this magnificent project into a city. A sustainable city with uh, a lot of its components being converted into actual usable assets. So uh, a lot of uh, global companies have, uh, you know, uh, are going to have their headquarters there. There are going to be a lot of um, uh, communities, residential, retail. It's basically a new city just be, uh, lying between Dubai and Abu Dhabi. Uh, so it's it's fascinating how things get planned here with a vision. Even before such big projects are launched, they always have a plan to what's going to happen next. Absolutely. I mean, Dr. Seth, what type of architecture would you like to see in Dubai going forward? You know, there is so much building going on. There is so much opportunity. Uh, I mean, the Museum of the Future is 
Uh, I mean, it's been it's been voted the most beautiful building in the world by pretty much everyone. So more like that, I guess. Yeah, I think that's a very, very interesting question and uh, probably could be answered in multiple ways. So there's a question uh, in the answer itself. So the question that we really need to ask ourselves is, what is the legacy that we want to leave for our future generation as architects and urban designers? So the first part of the answer is an architecture that is absolutely rooted in its context, in its history and its tradition. And the second part is an architecture that is both contemporary and modern, but also focused on community building, where people can come together and we address the varied lifestyles and needs of these people coming together. Finally, an urban planning that facilitates sustainable mobility across the city, because we are now looking at cities right across the world where we are encouraging more and more use of public transport, bicycling. A lot of people uh, ask this question, how is it possible in Dubai? Of course it is possible. We also have brilliant, cool uh, winter, Dubai winter in Dubai and safe pedestrian movement. So if I was to give uh, this answer in one word or a synopsis of what I'm trying to say, it is an architecture that is people and human centric. I think that is very, very important. Healthy cities are because of their people. And if we want the sustained health of a city, it absolutely needs to be people, human centric city. I mean, we have had the announcement of this upcoming mega project like the Dubai Island. Does that fit in with the people centric uh, sort of model that you that you uh, support? Yes and no. Yes, because it offers people the opportunity, job, increased job opportunities. It is also encouraging and supporting the economic sector, which is very important. And I think I would like to remind ourselves that Dubai is a city which is a melting pot of so many different people, different backgrounds, different needs. And with us having projects such as the Dubai Island, which is formerly actually called the Jera uh, Islands, I think what is important in this particular project, which I really appreciate as an urban designer, is that it is a project which is offering a contemporary living experience. And all these different facilities and resources which are being provided for are so well integrated within the project, which includes cultural hub, recreational sports, beaches, and all of these. And the project itself has very easy access both to the city and the airport. And I personally believe with these mega projects, which are thriving, and we're going to see in the next 20 years, it also allows for opportunity for people to experience what projects can really be and what are those limits that we can essentially begin to stretch. And there are other initiatives also, such as the Dubai Commerce City, which is the first leading free zone dedicated exclusively to e-commerce in the region. Then there are other projects which are focusing on tourists. So each of these uh, mega projects has a different focus. The one which I'm talking about in particular with the focus on tourists is the SeaWorld in Abu Dhabi, which is aiming to tell a unified and immersive ocean story. And it is becoming one of the world's largest and most progressive indoor aquariums. So we need to begin to identify the domains within which these different mega projects are working. Are they addressing the residents? Is it for the tourists? Is it for leisure? Is it for education? So all these domains are being addressed by these various mega projects that we see in Dubai. 
absolutely fascinating to speak to you. Thank you so much for your time, uh, Dr. Harpreet Seth. We must talk to you again. I've got so many questions I could ask you, uh, so, many, so much of your expertise that I would like to absorb. Uh, but we will come back to you another time, I'm sure. Uh, Dr. Harpreet Seth, uh, Head of Architecture at Harriet Watt University, Dubai. Yes, so much more to talk about with you as well, Mohanad, about the Dubai's Vision 2040, which is, of course, that, that vision of a, of, of a city with lots of green spaces, but of also uh, with coastline. Is that right? Correct. Uh, They're expecting to increase the actual public beaches by almost 400%. I think this is uh, great news for whoever is listening and uh, love the beach. Uh, Amazing uh, news for me. I love the beach. That's nothing. I mean, I I don't understand. In many ways, I don't understand people that live in Dubai, but who don't live near to the coast. Although, of course, it's much more expensive closer to the sea. This is Property Today on the Agenda. With Morass and Dubai Properties. For the most extensive real estate portfolio in Dubai, choose Morass and Dubai Properties. Hello there. Yes, welcome back. Still in the studio with none other than the wolf of real estate, Mohanad Al-Wadir. And this is your chance to get free advice. Thank you if you've already sent a question in. I'm going to save it for another five minutes and then I'm going to start reading them out. So this is a very good time to text us. First off, I wanted to just ask Mohanad a little bit about that 2040 vision that has, was published about a year ago now, wasn't it? Yeah, it's a, a bit more than a year. Very exciting plan. Um, uh, and a lot of people still don't understand how it's going to impact their lives. So I'm going to try to just uh, share with you a few uh, insights of, yeah, of, that- of how it's going to be. So yeah, I hope everybody who's listening can imagine how their lives will become when 2040. Uh, how reach. long is that? That's 18 years, 18 isn't years. it? 18 years. It's not that years. far. It's not that far away. No, <laughs> no I'll still not be at here. all. <laughs> I will see. The good thing is these projects are happening slowly and surely. Uh, towards the 2040. And as you know, we're used to Dubai. Whenever they promise of anything, they deliver it with a fantastic, uh, you know, outcome. On time. On time <laughs> and fantastic outcome. I mean, yesterday I just saw a video about uh, uh, the launch of uh, Burj Khalifa that happened in 2010 in the mid of the financial crisis. Yeah. Uh, Metro was launched in 2009. So even during crisis times, Dubai never fails to deliver what it promises to. Uh, so just for the listeners to to enjoy and imagine how 2040 the city will be, uh, imagine you're going to have um, a green and recreational spaces, but in double the current size that we have right now. Uh, natural reserves and rural natural areas will, con- will, will constitute 60% of the Emirates' total area. So imagine 60% of Dubai will be of greenery and natural areas. Uh, there will be a lot of green corridors for people who want to enjoy, you know, uh, the outdoor uh, life. There will be, it will become more of a human scale city, mm. not car scale city. So you're going to have a lot of pedestrian, bicycle, uh, sustainable mo- mobility means, uh, which is amazing. A lot of people today say, I-, I cannot walk easily. It's all highways, right? Yes. This is going to change in 2040. It's changing already. Um, there will obviously be a lot of commercial, touristic uh, uh, hubs, and it will increase by almost 134%, all of these attractions. Uh, education and health facilities will also increase by 25%. Uh, the public beaches, as we mentioned before the break, will uh, will increase by 400%. And that's amazing because for that, they're going to have to create islands and more coastline, right? Which, of course. Which will be, those are big projects when you're cre- reclaiming land that, that or creating land. That's a big mega project. Correct. So this is just a bit of how 2040 will impact our lives. Obviously, there is also a strategy working with the master developers to create 
uh, integrated sustainable uh, communities that will target all needs and all categories and all income brackets. So I know earlier today we mentioned uh, like mega stories about uh, the most expensive penthouse uh, in uh, in the Atlantis. Uh, also, uh, I'm sure people heard about the most expensive uh, villa being sold on the Palm oh, yes. uh, for, for $80 million. Uh, so so there are also options for people who are looking for affordable houses. And uh, there are pro- projects in Dubai that start from as low as uh, 500,000 dirhams. Uh, tomorrow, I'm so excited about uh, finally it's arriving, the launch of uh, uh, Mudun Ar-Ranim by Dubai Properties. Uh, they're launching three and four bedroom townhouse villas. Uh, which are very sizable. They start from uh, 2,500 square feet, uh, sorry, 2,200 square feet up to almost 3,000 square feet. And the prices start from only 2 million dirhams. And uh, that's up by Arabian Ranches too, that mood on correct. area, it's, isn't it? It's close to it. Mudan is actually a beautiful, I encourage everybody to just pay that project a visit. Honestly, you'll be wowed. It's a 10-year-old uh, community, beautiful. Uh, it's truly f- family-friendly. Trees. They have- Trees and big on trees. A lot of greenery. Yes. <laughs> uh, it actually has more greenery than uh, than you'll be surprised. You'll yeah. see less houses than the greenery uh, out there. They have a lot of recreational activities for kids, for families, community centers. It's a 10-year-old uh, community. Extremely beautiful. If you just uh, visit the community, definitely you'll be It's wild. not that far away either from where we are now, oddly no, enough. No, no, no. It's not no. far. Uh, it's It's been actually uh, not a lot of people know about it because it's been sold out for a long time. Tomorrow, oh, is that why? Tomorrow they just, uh, they're launching tomorrow a new phase, uh, Ranim uh, in Mudun. And I'm expecting thousands of people to show up uh, as usual with Miras and Dubai Properties launches. And they're going to be sold out in, in, in it's hours. It's so crazy <laughs> how that happens in this country. You don't get that in Britain, for example. You don't get people queuing to buy properties. Yeah, it's uh, quite it's quite an anomaly. It's, it's, it's weird for it, me. It, I can't it, process it. It's all about uh, value. And it's about, yeah. uh, you know, the positioning and the branding of Dubai. And it's master developers. I mean, yeah. you cannot go wrong with uh, master developers. Well, you developers. know, yeah. I mean, you feel like, safe with them. If someone's, you know, developed half of Dubai, then you you know, you don't feel like it's a risky purchase in that situation. 100%. It's actually a great opportunity for anyone who wants to buy a house to live in it because they're beautiful villas, three and four bedroom. It's also a great investment for somebody looking for um, a great value for money, capital appreciation, or even rent returns. Well, speaking of um, your advice on on the things you need to think about before you buy, we sort of touched on this briefly last week when we talked about those owners' committees and how you ought to think about things like service charge before you buy, because of course that will always be uh, an expense. Are there other things that people should be considering when they're looking around for a a property? Of course, there are so many factors. I'll just cover very quickly, uh, complete the story about the financial factors. So one of the elements that a lot of people don't pay attention to is the annual service charges, which we covered last uh, last week. Uh, But also they need to understand their budget, their down payment. If they're going to take a mortgage, what are the mortgage fees? What are the installments they have to pay? It's very typical when people go look for property, especially when they have, you know, their influencers, their family, kids, they tend to, you know, uh, try to bite more than they can chew. So they take yeah. bigger uh, houses or commit to bigger uh, projects and then they discover that they put themselves in, you know, in a situation where they cannot cover, cover it. So I encourage everybody to look at their financials before. Also, there are factors they have to uh, budget for, which is the registration fees, which is 4% of the value of the property. If they're buying through an agency, there is a commission uh, which can go from uh, one up to maybe two or three uh, percent. They also need to take care of the trustee office registration fees. So it, they need to budget for around, I would say, 
6 up to 8% extra. Also, if they're buying a property that is from the secondary market, uh, they have to pay maybe for um, an inspection uh, to make sure it's in a good condition. Um, they have to pay the annual service charges maybe up front. So they have to budget for that before buying. Yeah. Um, uh, so you need to add about 8% eight to 10% on top, do you al- think? Almost 8 yeah. to 10% just to be on the safe side. To yeah. make sure it's not just about the down payment or the actual price of the property. They need to budget for all of these elements. After buying a property, uh, there are also other expenses which will start kicking in, like the annual service charges. They need to take care of maintenance of their property. They have to allocate a budget for maintenance because to own anything, you have to maintain it, right? Yeah, so, I mean, when you move into a secondhand property, for example, there's almost certainly going to be something going on with uh, the air conditioning. Uh, even, uh, <laughs> just yes, as a standard. Uh, uh, m- most of the time. But but also even with new properties, yeah. you, you need to account for a maintenance budget. Yes, most of the new projects come with the warranty for 12 months. It's called the oh, do they? defect That's and liability warranty for 12 months. They have also structural warranties for longer, but uh, they also need to maintain it. It's like owning your car. Your car will be under warranty, but you still take it for service, right? Every, every My 10, husband 000. might. Yeah, your husband would know. <laughs> uh, but, but you need to cover both. So warranty doesn't mean you don't have to maintain your property. Yeah. Uh, also, insurance is very important. Uh, yes, the annual service charges have a uh, uh, an element of insurance, but it doesn't mean that they insure the inside of the property, your furniture, the fixtures inside. Is that obligatory in this country or it's, can you choose? It's you, not. You yeah. can choose. But, but we it's are, sensible. It's, yeah. it's sensible to insure. It's the biggest investment you make. So yes. protect it. Big, yeah, yeah. Protect you your protect, investment. Yeah, you insure you your car. You need to insure. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So make sure you insure your property uh, to protect your investment. Um, um, so uh, if you're going to have this property as an investment, you might also consider hiring a property manager. So you need to account for the fees for that property manager. How much do they normally charge, the uh, managers? You know what? We can have a whole... Uh, oh, that's a se- whole program. That's uh, a whole other program. Session. But very quickly, it can range from as low as uh, 3% and it can go up to 8 or 10%, depending on the scope of work, the mm-hmm. size of the project, the complexity uh, of you know the asset and its condition. Uh, we can dedicate a whole episode about property management because some, that's something very dear to my yeah, heart. Yeah, of course, because people do it as an investment a lot here don't they yes and it's actually what i'm an, uh, it's my expertise property ah. management or asset management is what i uh, my academic foundation is all about and also uh, my practical experience for the last two decades so i can talk about it uh, in another episode and i will ju- definitely give it justice as amazing a topic. oh i mean all of this is fantastic advice really interesting and as you can hear Mohanad really does have very far-reaching experience so if there's anything that you would like to ask him we've got about ooh, about 12 15 minutes left with him uh, sure. so this is your moment to send in those questions uh, lots coming in already I've got one person here saying can a property be in the name of two people in Dubai I've got a budget of 1.5 million dirhams can you please recommend a good project to invest in questions like that and more will be answered in the next few minutes by Mahanid Alwadir you're listening to Property Today on the agenda with Morass and Dubai Properties for the most extensive real estate portfolio in Dubai choose Morass and Dubai Properties hello there yes welcome back to Property Today. Uh, Georgia Tolly here. Obviously, I have Mohanad Alwadir, the wolf of real estate in the studio with me. And so many people have sent in property questions that we're going to do it quick fire style. Okay, Mohanad? Sure, let's do it. We are ready. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Okay, Nabila says, what's Mohanad's view on the reason why the villa in Dubai land not increased? We've got a six bed. We've been here for seven years with no increase. What is going on? I think the answer is simply related to when you bought your villa because there has been a, a, a noticeable uh, increase in prices in the villa project. It's a beautiful community, has 1,800 
and 11 villas developed by Dubai Properties, Mazai Real Estate. I actually had the pleasure of uh, being part of this project since it was launched in 2005. I personally bought plots, sold, rented a lot of uh, you know units there. And I can tell you, frankly, right now, it's one of the you know most sought after communities for families. It presents great value for money. But I think maybe they didn't uh, notice the increase because they bought at the time when it was really high. So it's, uh. there's still a gap for them to reach the price they bought at. This is my prediction. If she wants, if she wants more details, she should send us more details. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Mark says, can a property be in the name of two people in Dubai? Yes, even more than two. Uh, you know, uh, you can uh, have multiple owners for the same property. And there's also uh, a whole uh, new wave of um, uh, uh, crowd investment in real estate. Oh, yes, I remember that. Yes, yes. We, we hosted one of uh, these companies here on the show together. Me and we you. did. And uh, yes, so multiple owners can own a single uh, property. And uh, to answer this question very quickly, yes, two owners can have their names on the same title team. Nora says, I have a budget of 1.4 million dirhams. Where should I invest? Um, <laughs> very quickly, I think you should definitely attend the launch tomorrow of uh, Modern Arranim. Yes. Uh, beautiful with a payment plan. It's a bit higher than 1.5, but it's a great catch. You know, villas, uh, townhouse villas, three and four bedrooms starting from as low as 2 million dirhams. Also, I would recommend she checks out Central Park at uh, City Walk. Beautiful project, very central. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I like City Walk. Good restaurants. Uh, and and uh, Central Park is a beautiful new addition with a lot of gardens and it ties very uh, well with what we were talking about a 2040 plan in terms of greenery it's actually it's like a garden with uh, That's right with buildings in the center in it. of town isn't it <laughs> yes interesting and, and, and like most projects this is like a whole uh, park where they built buildings in it so it's it, it's fascinating how it's going to look <laughs> really intriguing talat uh, also on whatsapp says uh, i bought a property 2 years ago but until now it's vacant so i wanted to ask is there any specific reason why i'm not able to rent it uh, yes definitely there are 10 reasons why a property uh, could be uh, vacant i'm just going to mention now the top three or four and maybe we'll have in another episode a yes. detailed you know, segment on that. Uh, check your price. If your price is more expensive than the competitors within the same project, definitely no one will call you or you're yeah. going to get less calls. Second, added value. Uh, are you offering maybe a um, like a month free or paying the commission instead of the tenant? Uh, third could be the payment terms. Maybe you're asking for one check. Other competitors uh, listing their properties for rent can be asking for four, six, up to 12 checks. Uh, check your uh, agency. Are they doing the right marketing? Uh, is your property staged properly? Is it in a good condition? Because typically a lot of people go to the property and then they get shocked with the condition of the property. If it's been empty for a while, yes, yeah. they can be, it'd be smelly or exactly, it's, Or maybe it's not staged properly after the previous previous tenant left. So ah, okay. these are just some of the reasons why your property could be vacant. But I promise in the future, we're going to maybe dedicate a small segment to address this in more details. Definitely. A GH on WhatsApp says, I wanted to ask what was Mahanad's major at university? We're about to apply for my son and he's truly the most influential influencer. Thank you. Oh, we look up to <laughs> Mahanad and we'd love our son to become as successful as he is in real estate. Thank you so much. And God, uh, God bless your son and your family. Uh, my academic background, uh, I have a batch two a bachelor's degree in finance and in marketing. I also have a master's in uh, asset management. Uh, I have a master's in construction material management, and I'm now pursuing my uh, PhD in uh, real estate investment. Whoa. <laughs> so so there you go. There's there's a, there's an academic plan for you, GH, <laughs> uh, that you can start him off uh, simple and then and then rise up to the PhD level. Uh, Mahanad Awadia, as always, an absolute pleasure to have you in the studio. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your expertise. Thank you. Uh, you're always very generous <laughs> with the amount of time and free advice you give. So we're very, very grateful for that. Uh, I look forward to speaking to you next week at 11 o'clock. Yes. 
Yes. And in the meantime, <laughs> if people want to follow you on social media, where do they go? Uh, they can just type my name, Mohanad Al-Wadiyah, and uh, verified across all platforms so they can find me there. This is Property Today on the Agenda. With Morass and Dubai Properties. For the most extensive real estate portfolio in Dubai, choose Morass and Dubai Properties. Don't miss Property Today with the Wolf of Real Estate, Mohanad Al-Wadiyah, every Monday from 11am.